night, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. Welcome back to the Brodo Heat Wave, powered by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. 32 teams in 32 days, brought to you by the Brodo team, Mike Petrop, Jason Petrop, Tim Petrop, and Santiago Casanova. Welcome back to the Summer Heat Wave, the second to last episode. It is powered by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. 32 teams in 32 days, discussing every single fantasy-relevant player. I am your host, Tim Petrop, joined only by Jason today. It's a double team today. Um, as you heard in a couple episodes ago, Michael's basement was com- basement apartment was completely flooded. Um, so he's out. Uh, so we gave him the next two off. Um, with that being said, download the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. The only app that has every single tool you need to draft a winning team and keep a winning team during the season. And it's free for a limited time. On the app, you get fantasy player cards, a who to draft tool, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and advanced stats, including true throw value, true target value, true performance value, rushing yards over expected, and tons more. And it's free right now. Free. That isn't as in zero dollars. Thanks to our patrons over at patreon.com slash brotofantasy. Join now to support the show and the app, but most importantly, to join the community on Discord, play in leagues with the Broto Bros, get an extra podcast per week, the waiver podcast during the season, private team consultations, free giveaways, DFS optimizer, and more. And as always, the Broto Hub for Broto is as brotofantasy.com. That is where you can find all things Broto. Let's dive in. This is the Ron Rivera, Scott Turner offense. Um, It's the exact same offense that they ran for years with the Panthers when it was Norv Turner, Scott Turner's father, who was the offensive coordinator at in Carolina. Uh, Norv, I am your father. I thought that legit sounded like you were playing it out of like a, a movie, like an actual, like you were playing a movie clip. Oh, I'm really good, huh? That was good. That was good. Um, uh, <laughs> I gotta go back and listen to this. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like flabbergasted now. Like, where was I? Um, this team has a lot of potential. Uh, last year, I don't want to go too much into their last year's offensive numbers because they were hamstrung by bad quarterback play. And when they did have good quarterback play, it was Alex Smith, whose average depth of chart target was less than seven yards. Teddy Bridgewater had over a yard more than Alex Smith in average depth of target. So that should give you an idea of how bad Alex Smith was at a dot. So new offense, a gunslinger type dude in in Ryan Fitzpatrick. And he's coming in with some new weapons. So let's get right into it with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, Jason, I took Ryan Fitzpatrick in my, uh, in my uh, Scott Fishbowl League because... It's quarterback heavy, uh, and I think that he has the opportunity to have some big games. Uh, going back a few years now to when he was with the Buccaneers, Ryan Fitzpatrick has been fantasy viable almost every single time he suits up. So I he's like the Will Fuller of quarterbacks. Uh, 
Like, are you taking him high in your draft? Are you depending on him? No. But you know he's going to be ranked around the top 12 quarterbacks weekly. Uh, the only question is, how long can he sustain it? Because one thing we know about Ryan Fitzpatrick is when he comes into a season knowing he's the starting quarterback for sure, that's when he has the most struggles. So can he support this team? Can he support this offense? For me right now, I like him as a low-end QB2. I'm not considering him in my redraft leagues, but can he support the weapons? That's what I want to get into. So, Jason, let's talk about these wide receivers. Scary Terry. We got Curtis Samuel. We got Damani Brown. We got Adam Humphreys. These are Miami Brown. Damn what the Brown, fuck is a Damani? I, I, I taught a kid named Damani. Um, Diami Brown. Those are, these are good players. So, how are you looking at this offense? How are you looking at Scary Terry? You stole him from me in our home draft, so I know you're high on him. I am, man. If you look at Fitz, who... Look, Fitz is fucking streaky, right? Like, he has this... You, got, you have this idea where he could be a QB1 at any week, but it's usually in a bunch, right? So, let's look at his last three years. Three years ago, he only played six games. But he was fifth in points per game because he had four QB1 games. So four out of six right there. Last year, he was 22nd in points per game. But in his ten, last 10 games, six of them are QB1. And then last year, he was 18th in points per game. Four of his first five games, he was QB1. He was QB1 one other time last season. So he's just streaky. And... With streakiness comes some issues for the weapons, but it also means that the weapons at the end of the day are going to have good numbers. They just are because he's going to be productive. Now, here's the issue. We've seen Fitz. He peppered Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker. He peppered Devontae Parker and fucking Preston Williams. He He peppered Evans and Godwin. Now it's going to be McLaurin and dot, dot, dot. Curtis Samuel. Right? Exactly. What well, is it Curtis Samuel? It is Curtis Samuel. I'm going to tell you why. You it's might Curtis think Samuel. so, but I hold know on. it was. I know but it here, is. But that's the, that's the thing, though. It's going to be one other person. So you either believe it's Curtis Samuel and you draft him, or you believe it's Lance Thomas and draft him. Or you think that Adam Humphreys or Diami Brown could emerge. So that's why it's tough to decipher the other receivers. But it sounds like you have something to say about Curtis Samuel. Yeah, so go ahead. I like Diami Brown as a dart throw. Curtis Samuel just got back to practice recently. But here's the thing. When they asked his head coach, and remember, this was a play. This is a guy who drafted Curtis Samuel, who played Curtis Samuel, who believed in Curtis Samuel, and then gave Curtis Samuel big money in free agency. Um, and his father was... Curtis Samuel's offensive coordinator, the offensive current offensive coordinator. So these are not guys who are drafting someone who doesn't know the offense. In fact, they could they're probably drafting him because he knows the offense. In a recent interview, they were like, Are you concerned about Curtis Samuel not getting any um playing time in the preseason? He goes, No, Curtis knows this offense. I'm not concerned at all. He'll be ready for week one and he'll know what to do. Well, when he was in that offense, he played as the outside receiver a vast majority of the time. 
over 70%, well over 70% of the time, he was on the outside. He was not on the inside. So that leads me to believe, and they have Adam Humphreys. Adam Humphreys is already, a. Uh, that's what his role is. He's a slot receiver. So I just don't think Diami Brown is going to take that role from Curtis Samuel because I believe that Curtis Samuel has the rapport with the coaching staff, and I think that he is a good player. So he's not just going to be overtaken by a Damani Brown. So a it's not like Diami Curtis Brown, Samuel had his best season ever under Ron Rivera, though. He, he didn't. His best season was with Joe Brady. He was progressing towards that point, though. He was progressing mm-hmm. towards, like, as a player. Like, every year he got better to the point where I think if he was with, like, it's just he, he's gotten better. So since you're in on Curtis Samuel, are you out on Lance Thomas? Yes. Oh, re- I'm really out on Lance Thomas. You know what Lance Thomas's true target value was last season? What? 26th. Gross. That's how fucking bad his quarterback play was. But he was sixth in PPR points per game at the tight end position. The issue, not the issue, the reason, he saw 110 targets. I don't see him having 110 targets again, especially considering that Fitz has never thrown to his tight ends or barely. You can't say never, but rarely ever happens. The thing is, it's already baked into Lance Thomas's ADP, though. Like, he's going as, like, the 10th tight end off the board. And if you believe in or want to take a shot in Lance Thomas at that point, I feel like it's fine because all the big guns are already out. Once we get past, let's say, the top six, if we include Kyle Pitts there because everyone's including him, after that, it's really a crapshoot. Not a lot of people like Robert Tunyon. We, we're higher on Tunyon than a lot of a lot of people out there. And everyone has their issues out here. So if if Logan Thomas is the wide receiver two option for Fitz, he has huge upside. The question is if he's going to be that person. History of Fitz says no, the tight end isn't going to be. But if Logan Thomas runs a lot of routes out of the slot, or if he goes out wide a little bit, that could change. So I don't mind taking the shot on Logan Thomas. I also... Don't have him on any of my teams this season. It's up to, honestly, the way the draft crumbles for me when it comes to Lance Thomas. All right. Are you done? Logan Thomas. No, we've been calling him Lance Thomas this whole time. See, Michael you, will be mad at us. Yeah, you can't make this. We're, guys, and not a lot of people know who Lance Thomas is either. We're Knicks fans, and Lance Thomas was a to-do player for the Knicks for a bit. So the name just rolls off the tongue for us. Lance Thomas. I I mean you're you're the one that put it in my head. I'm not gonna lie. I blame you. Lance Thomas. Um here's something I definitely will not be blaming you for. Uh Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson is one of my guys this year. He's one of the guys that I think has the ability to break out and absolutely uh break break records in terms of return on ADP. I think that his ceiling Ceiling, absolute ceiling is Christian McCaffrey. I think that more realistically, we're looking at an RB1 1,000%. Right now, I have him as my RB8 overall. Here's the thing about Antonio Gibson. Third round pick, right? The reason why he was a third round pick 
despite the fact that he ran a 4.39 and that his speed score was in the 90th percentile, 95th percentile, uh, why did he fall all the way down to the third round? It's because in college he was a wide receiver that barely got the ball. Now, I want you to think about how good you have to be in order to do this. You are a wide receiver in college who barely plays. You get drafted for a team with a below-average offensive line, with a below-average quarterback, with a brand-new head coach who, let, who had to miss some time because of cancer, COVID hitting, and you're switching positions to become a running back, and you put up a season where you are 15th in points per game, 6th in rushing touchdowns, and 12th overall in PPR points. Antonio Gibson last year did something that we never see, ever. This is not something, this is something completely off the rails. And it's because he's so athletic. And, you know, I made this mistake last year with Josh Gibson. So, I mean, Josh Jacobs. So, when I'm breaking down Antonio Gibson, I do see a floor for him where he doesn't get the passing work. Where he doesn't get this work out of the, out of the backfield. But there's a world where he's Christian McCaffrey light. There's a world where he is absolutely in that same role that Christian McCaffrey took when Norv Turner's dad, I mean Scott Turner's dad, Norv Turner, was the offensive coordinator for Ron Rivera with the Panthers. The numbers for Antonio Gibson, if you look at them as a whole, he kind of was middle of the pack in a lot of the numbers. Um you know, his, his, you know, yards per reception, eh, it wasn't great. Uh, receiving yards per game, eh, it wasn't great. Rushing yards, it was 18th in the league. Rush attempts was 18th. Um, his rushing yards per game was 22nd. His yards per carry, 18th. He was right in the middle of the pack, basically, of everyone. But he did it in Washington, where everyone lined up to stop him as the number one option and he was in his first year after being a wide receiver at Memphis. The sky is the limit for this dude. I am 100% on board drafting him in the second round of every single one of your drafts. I think that he is going to end up in the top in the top 12 drafted next year. And I am all in on Mr. Antonio Gibson. Jason, do you agree? I hear you on that. I just think that his numbers are a little skewed because of his touchdowns last year. He was 54th in points per opportunity, excluding touchdowns 81st in fantasy points over expected. So with everything you said, I concur with all of it. There's also the issue that if he doesn't score as many touchdowns this year, Fitz runs in at least two touchdowns every season. So if he doesn't score that many touchdowns this season, and if he doesn't take on the passing work, because we still have the question mark of J.D. McKissick catching passes. I don't think he has standalone value like many people do because Alex Smith isn't the quarterback anymore. So that's all I'm going to say on J.D. McKissick. But he's there to catch passes. And then there's also the issue of Fitz doesn't really throw to the running backs. So is Gibson going to see more work? I just. He's a second round pick right now. Mid to high second. So if you're taking the shot on him, you're investing and you are paying the price for it. 
and I understand why. I also think there's some risk there. And there, there's, um, but there's, I think one thing that mitigates the risk that you're talking about is that his workload wasn't crazy last year. He had 170 rushing attempts. That was 18th in the league. He had 44 targets, which is 25th in the league. He has room to grow both of those numbers exponentially. Like he's going to get more work. And he, he only had 32 red zone opportunities last year, which was 25th in the league. So he has right, more opportunities question. to get more work. Because everything you hear from the coaching staff, too, is, I mean, Kyle, Kyle Allen, the quarterback, him himself said they want to put him in a Christian McCaffrey role. The, the quarterback said that. So that's something to pay attention to. Fitz, though, plug for the app. Um, if you go to the statistics page, we now have quarterback running back targets where you could see what quarterbacks like targeting their running backs. And Ryan Fitzpatrick averages six targets a game to running backs. That is with Matt Ryan, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, a.k.a. quarterbacks that you don't really think of when you think throws to the running back. So last year, Alex Smith threw to the running back nine and a half times per game. That's that's three less attempts per game. So he's going to have to either surpass or cut in half J.D. McKissick's work to pay off at ADP. He's just going to have to, unless he scores 20 touchdowns. In which case, he's going to have to have a Nick Chubb-type season. That's my only concern. With I don't think he's as dependent on touchdowns as you're saying, just because he there's so much more room to to work, not only in the passing game, but also... In the running game, like, he can get 30 more carries and get, on those 30 carries, if he averages five yards a carry, what is that, Jason? Real quick, quick math, 150 yards, that's 15 points. That's three touchdowns right there. That's almost four touchdowns. No. It's uh, you're two, and a, me. two and a half that's touchdowns. That's two and a half touchdowns. That's two and a half touchdowns. You're right. So that's two and a half touchdowns right there, just from the extra carries. So I think like the the touchdowns you're talking about, Fitz runs in these two touchdowns, those kind of get negated by that opportunity. I don't know. I There's th- still I, the passing work concern. There is, there is. It's a legitimate concern. I'm not. I think it's gonna tick up, but I'm not over here acting like I'm so. I'm so for sure, down. I'm just. I just don't know. I don't know, but I'm banking on it. I'm banking on it. Um. Jason, who's your one injury away on this team? Is it is it Diami Brown? Yeah. Diami Brown. I think he's a... Actually, let me plug the app again because Diami Brown has a... Dude, this comps tool is legit, man. Use it if you're in Dynasty Leagues or even Redraft Leagues. The comps tool said that Des Fitzpatrick sucks. And you know what happens? Des Fitzpatrick was a fourth-round pick for the Titans. His comps were... Williams, Chris Harger, Bell, he got caught by the Titans. When you look at Diami Brown's comps on the app, you have Chris Godwin, Ruben Randall, AJ Brown, Damian Williams, Taiwan Taylor. So there's some studs in there. He I mean he's 6'1, 195. If he gets the work, I think he'll be impressive. All right, Jason, where can they find you? At BrotoFF Jason. Find me at BrotoFF Tim. Find Michael at BrotoFF Mike. You can find Cass at BrotoFF Casanova. All of us at Broto Fantasy, wherever 
social media exists. Um, with that being said, we finally finish up the summer heat wave. It's off. It's over. How about them cowboys? How about them cowboys? Later. Heat wave.